This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman for a suite of professional-grade products from Protocol for Life Balance, which can help manage stress and promote a positive mood. Makuna Purians, 5-HTP, and L-Tryptophan. They support proper brain and nervous system function, relaxation, and restful sleep. Their ingredients are of the highest quality and backed by solid scientific data. They're available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I have a master's degree in nutrition and exercise. And I maintain a private practice here in New York. You can call the office 212 779 1744. 212 779 1744. To make an appointment with me, you can see me in person here in New York City. We could have a Zoom consult, you know, otherwise known as a telehealth consult. We could have a telephone consult, which I've been having for years with my patients and clients all over the country. <clears throat> so just call the office, speak to Grimaldi or Liz. We have Liz on board. You can speak to Grimaldi or Liz. 212-779-1744. And for those of you emailing questions, topics of interest, I welcome them. I love hearing from you. The email is radioprogram at aol.com. That's radioprogram at aol.com. It's the same email as for Q&A with Layla, which Dr. Hoffman and I do every week, usually on a Wednesday. So I've got an email from Terry. Hi, Layla. What is the difference between a ketogenic diet and a cyclical ketogenic diet? What are the advantages or disadvantages of each? Which lifestyle and weight loss goals are best met by each? Terry, this is a terrific question, and thank you for emailing me. I'm going to take a very deep dive into the ketogenic diet. As you all likely know, if you know me, that, that one of my foremost mentors was Dr. Robert Atkins. And I had the good fortune of actually being trained by him as well as his practitioners, who were also my mentors, the late Karen Paris, Jacqueline Eberstein, who taught me all about the diet, uh, Dr. John Salerno as well. So that was my first training. Uh, and, and then I, uh, and then I worked there until the tragic death of Dr. Atkins and in April of 2003. And, uh, when the office closed in October of that same year, there was no one to inherit that practice. It had to do with New York state laws you know, some doctors did try to take it over, which would have been great to go on, but they have their own practices and are doing well, fortunately. So, and then after that, I went on to uh, become a nutrition consultant at Atkins Nutritionals for a while. And then I was back into a full, 
full-time uh, internship, internship, and then I became an RD, and my training was at Jacoby Medical Center and then Flushing Hospital Medical Center. And then I met Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I began in his practice in October of 2005, and the rest is history. That's how I'm here. <laughs> I don't know why I got into the history, but that's where the ketogenic diet began for me, my training in it, all of that. So the keto diet has been actually popular. Well, maybe not popular, but kind of started in the 1920s. Dr. Atkins in the 1960s and 70s made it popular with his book, New Diet Revolution. But let me start at the beginning. In the 1920s, this diet was developed and found to help children with epilepsy. It helped them quite a bit. And I remember back in the 1980s, before I was even thinking about changing my career and becoming a nutritionist, there was a movie on. Do you remember the Lifetime Network? This was like a woman's network, a lot of chick flicks kind of thing, you know? There was a wonderful movie starring Judith Light, uh, Judith Light of Who's the Boss uh, fame with Tony Danza, if you remember your sitcoms from back then. Well, Judith Light starred in this movie, sip of ginger tea here, called First Do No Harm or Do No Harm. I don't remember the title. You can duck, duck, go this, and I'm sure you can find it somewhere to watch, even on YouTube. And she played the mother of a young son with epilepsy, intractable epilepsy, you know, more than 10, 15, 20 seizures a day. It was terrible. And all they wanted to do was surgery. But she went to the library, Judith Light's character did, went to the library and found the, in, the, in the journals about the ketogenic diet for epilepsy. She brought it to the doctors. She brought it to the surgeons. They all poo-pooed it. And if I remember correctly, I don't know if she found a dietitian at that time because dietitians were administering this diet in the 1920s when it first came out. It's very, very exacting. You are weighing the food. You are weighing not only the salmon, you are weighing the butter. It's very, very exacting. It takes a bit of skill and knowledge. And she tried this ketogenic diet with her son, who then began to get much, much, much better. And then at the end of the movie, it shows you all the kids who got better following a ketogenic diet, even though it was horribly poo-pooed by the medical establishment. So ketogenic diet. Now, let me also, <clears throat> some, some other myths. People think the ketogenic diet is different from Dr. Atkins's low-carb diet. No, a very low-carb diet is to put you in ketosis, lipolysis ketosis, which is a fat-burning metabolism. That is, in fact, a ketogenic diet. That's what that is. Ketogenic diet, very low-carb diet. The purpose of both of those is to put you in ketosis. They are ketogenic diets. Now, the carb grams need to be lower than 40, 
but they really need to be 20 grams of carbs or less. 20 grams of carbs or less. That is a ketogenic diet, and that is phase one of Dr. Atkins's diet. The Atkins diet phase one is about 20 grams. It even goes under that, maybe down to 17, <clears throat> 16, right? Um, and that is to flip the body switch from a glucose, glucose blood sugar burning metabolism to a fat burning metabolism, which is called lipolysis ketosis. Now, what are the advantages? And first, Terry is asking, <clears throat> what is the difference between a ketogenic diet and a cyclical ketogenic diet? Well, a ketogenic diet, you're basically on and you kind of stay there, right? But a cyclical ketogenic diet is one that you would kind of wander away from and then come back to. Let me give you examples. I'm going back to the Atkins diet, which started this, especially with a bit of the cycling of it. People think the Atkins diet is only consisting of phase one, which is 20 grams or less, to, to flip that switch into ketosis as soon as possible, which by uh, invariably starts after you lose some water in the first two to three days, you start burning fat from it for, uh, for energy. Now, um, phase one, and there are more phases to the Atkins diet. After you've been losing weight at about 20 grams after a few weeks, and you're within, oh, maybe 10, maybe 15, maybe 20 pounds of your weight goal, you advance to the second stage, which is CCLL. That's the critical carbohydrate level for losing, CCLL, the critical carbohydrate level for losing. That means you're going to add a few more carbs, but you're going to continue to lose weight, albeit a little more slowly. What might that mean? In this second phase, you're adding things like fruit. Maybe you're adding a fruit, few more berries, maybe a small to medium plum, uh, uh, which is about five to seven grams of carbs. Maybe you're adding a few more nuts. So you're wandering away from the 20 gram carbohydrate limit and you're inching up towards 25, 27, 30. Now, everybody kind of has their individual number of how many more grams of carbs, carbs can I add, but still continue to lose weight, but at a, at a slower level now, because you're getting closer to your weight goal. You're within 10, maybe 15, maybe 20 pounds of your weight goal. So you want to start to slow it down a bit, not have it be so drastic where in the beginning, the weight almost feels like it's falling off, right? And then once you're reaching your weight goal, you move on to the third phase of the Atkins diet, which is CCLM, critical carbohydrate level for maintenance. CCLM, the critical carbohydrate level for maintenance. You've reached your goal now, right? Or you're within two pounds of your goal. Two pounds in either direction is your water table. That's your hydration status. I don't count that too much. You're not going to be a static weight every day of your life. 
If your weight goal is to be 135 pounds and you're at 137, you're kind of there because other days you're going to float to 135, maybe 134 and back up to 136. You're there. We're human beings. We're not machines. We have a water table. We have a, a daily shifting hydration status depending on how we eat, right? So this is the critical carbohydrate level for maintenance. You've now gone up from the amount of carbs you were having for losing weight to maintaining your weight. You're no longer losing any weight. So maybe for a lot of people, that could be anywhere from, oh, 35 grams to 50, 55 grams of carbs to maintain weight. And that depends also on your activity level. Those who are exercising more frequently, more regularly, may be able to withstand going to 50, 55, even 60, 75 grams of carbs to maintain their weight now. At this point, at CCLM, critical carbohydrate level for maintenance, you've added even more carbs. You've added legumes. You've added some, a little bit of whole grains from time to time. That sweet potato, that baked potato, right? The starchier vegetables. So this is what's cyclic. And at whatever point, you're at CCLM, the amount of carbs to maintain your weight, and you find that you've kind of veered off, the weight is coming back, maybe you went to, maybe you had too many holidays where there was a whole lot of cheating and et cetera, et cetera, or too many weddings and birthday parties where we had cake. Now you kind of come back on, you can go back always to phase one. This is what makes it cyclic. I remember <clears throat> another piece of advice that Dr. Ho that, that Dr. Atkins would give. I will say Dr. Hoffman, Dr. Atkins would give. For those people um, with a little more metabolic resistance to weight loss where they stay at phase one, which is 20 grams of carbs or less, and then they hit a plateau, first of all, we remove any of the artificial sweeteners when I was first administering the Atkins diet with under Dr. Atkins's tutelage, we were, we were using stevia, you know, NutraSweet was okay at the time. But then later on, what we started to find out was that these were still stimulating insulin, these artificial sweeteners. So we would find that the reason for the weight loss plateau was the use of these sweeteners. Once we got rid of them, the plateau would break, they would continue losing weight. Another strategy was, if you've been this low carb now for a few weeks or even a few months, what you need to do is break the diet and eat some carbs for, oh, maybe a day, maybe three days, to kind of prime your metabolism again, to reprime it so your metabolism isn't habituating to a chronic ketogenic diet, if you understand. Think, of, think, of, think a minute about our Stone Age ancestors. In the dead of winter, more likely than not, they were in ketosis. There was snow. There wasn't any produce. There, was, there weren't any vegetables or fruits. There were the animals they killed and the fish that they speared. Talk about a ketogenic diet. They basically ate meat. Maybe they nibbled on some tree bark. Tree bark would be like the equivalent to aspirin. That would be salicylic acid. 
So think about it. <clears throat> in the dead of winter, they were likely in ketosis, but once spring, summer came, the vegetables, the greens, the fruits were out. And Mother Nature furnished all of our ancestors, and, and us included, with a sweet tooth. And the reason for that is so that we would survive. With a sweet tooth, we would continue eating that fruit, those precious carbohydrate-rich fruits, so that we would gain weight so we can withstand the upcoming famine when we go back into ketosis. So even some practitioners advise that, yeah, during winter you should be in ketosis, but in the, in the summer... Maybe you should come out of it more because you're going to be more active. You get the you get uh you get to eat the variety of of the seasonal fruits that are available, the seasonal fruits and vegetables that are available. And that's what makes it cyclic. It's kind of like our seasons. So, there are many advantages. I mean, there are advantages to both cyclic as well as doing a more chronic. Now, some people need to be more chronic on a ketogenic diet. And that has to do with diabetes, type 2 as well as type 1. Those who are administering insulin, those are the late-stage type 2 and the type 1 diabetics who are administering insulin, you want to keep a tight level of your carb intake so you can keep a tight dose on your insulin so that you could really keep a very tight, short range on your blood sugar so you don't have all those fluctuations. So that's how you do a ketogenic diet, which is cyclic. And for those with health uh, conditions like diabetes, all the more helpful. Helpful. Which lifestyle and weight loss goals are best met by each? All of the above, all the weight loss goals. If you're a little more metabolic resistant, you may have to stay at the 20 grams a little longer. If that's not working, you may need to reprime your metabolism by going off it a few days. It's almost like your body will remember, oh yeah, carbs and insulin, carbs and okay, and then go back to ketogenic again. And that could kind of kickstart you again. So both a ketogenic and the cyclic ketogenic, as we would do in the Atkins diet, are both very, very helpful for weight loss and weight maintenance. What are the other what are the other conditions for a ketogenic diet? Alzheimer's disease. You just heard me talk about diabetes, right? Ketogenic diet, uh, low carb diet for diabetes, also for Alzheimer's because think about it. Alzheimer's disease is being defined by many practitioners as diabetes of the brain. Your brain is no longer working on a, on a glucose-burning metabolism. It is now preferring ketones. In fact, there have been some research in the past that showed that the brain actually prefers ketones anyway. That's why a lot of people who begin a very low-carb ketogenic diet, the first thing they experience after they go through, you know, the ketosis flu, that's your carbohydrate withdrawal, and maybe too much sodium loss where you need to sip on some bone broth for, for those days right? Get your electrolytes back in order. After you get through the, the ketosis flu or the, uh, the carbohydrate, the sugar withdrawal, which is very real, and the fatigue that goes along with that as your metabolism is doing the shift, <clears throat> what happens then is suddenly you have more energy. Any brain fog or cobwebs that, that you had in your head are now starting to clear. 
It's a wonderful thing. So many patients report renewed energy that the fatigue is going away. It is abating. So what is happening here, you're asking? Well, the ketogenic diet causes your mitochondria to become bigger, causes the mitochondria in all of your cells to become bigger and for yourselves to, your cells to produce even more mitochondria. Why? Because it's your mitochondria that is burning the fat now that you're using your, for, for fuel. It's the mitochondria that take care of that. And when you've got increased mitochondria like that, you've got more energy. You've got more fat burning potential. And think about something else. We know that many of our chronic diseases, I know, especially in integrative functional medicine, personalized nutrition, they're all looking at the mitochondria. The mitochondria are sick. The mitochondria are small. There's dysfunction in the mitochondria. Why is this? Because we're all eating too many carbs. If you go on a low carb diet and, and switch your body into ketosis, your mitochondria get bigger. You get more mitochondria in your cells. You become a fat burning machine. You have energy now that you didn't have before. That brain fog has lifted. The brain fog is lifted because you're not eating all that sugar, which is an anti-nutrient, which is destroying your B vitamins and your, meta and, and your magnesium levels, among other things, and suppressing your immune system. Who needs that? We like a ketogenic diet, not just for weight loss. It's the antidote to diabetes. It may be the antidote to Alzheimer's disease. We're looking at a ketogenic diet for Parkinson's disease, definitely for PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, for those women who have it, because that's all about insulin resistance. What is the antidote to insulin resistance? A ketogenic diet, a very low carb Atkins diet. And by the way, there's been research coming back to epilepsy now that even a modified Atkins diet has been shown to be very helpful in epilepsy. Back in the 1920s, it was very, very rigorous, rigorous standard, but it could be for some patients with epilepsy that they could go a little above the 20. That would be the modified Atkins diet where they're adding more carbs. We're really talking about the CCLL and the CCLM, the critical carbohydrate level for, for losing more weight and the critical carbohydrate level for maintaining weight. So there's a whole spectrum of this ketogenic diet where it's still keeping you in ketosis and where then it's kind of taking you out of ketosis when you hit the weight maintenance level. And you can always choose to go back into ketosis if you find that you've strayed too far away too many holidays, too many treats, too many, you know, a general rule is if you've gone up five pounds from where you were, it may be time to kick it back into phase one of Atkins, of the keto diet, to help continue losing weight. The other things uh, for PC, I, I mentioned, okay, for weight loss, for all the types of diabetes, for Alzheimer's disease, for PCOS, for we're looking at it for Parkinson's disease and ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, but also for cancer. Cancer. If you read Thomas Seyfried's, Dr. Thomas Seyfried out of Yale, 
his book, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. Cancer loves sugar. It loves your blood sugar. But if you give it little to no blood sugar and you're, and you're in ketosis, the cancer may stop growing. It may. And that is the point of a ketogenic diet in cancer. And uh, Dr. Victor Longo has done a lot of research on intermittent fasting, a lower-carb diet, all of that, even a lower-calorie diet in the setting of cancer, in the context of cancer. So eating in a ketogenic way may be preventing cancer in your life. So uh, these are all the benefits of a ketogenic diet and a cyclic ketogenic diet, however you choose to use it. And remember... You're eating all good quality whole foods on a ketogenic diet. That's what we're talking about here. Not eating a whole bunch of low-carb packaged products that are, that are laden with artificial sugars and flavors and, and emulsifiers and other things. We're talking about your, your nitrate-free bacon and eggs for breakfast. We're talking about a steak and a salad and a salmon and asparagus and a few nuts and some berries and, and some fruit for dessert. That's what we're talking about. Terry, thank you for this question. And for those of you who'd like to email me with your questions, radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.